the Can Do MS podcast. I would love to welcome our guest today as well, mental health professional Samantha Domingo and young adult living with MS, Zarina Munoz. We will hear Zarina's story about her life with MS and what it was like being diagnosed as a young adult. So now a big warm welcome to our guests. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you so much for that introduction, Krista, and really glad to be here with Serena today, getting to know you a little bit. Um, so hi. Um, hi. Nice to meet you, Sam. <laughs> Finally, just I know introduction. I want an introduction. Same here. So I am very curious about your story with MS. So if you can tell us a little bit about that, for sure. Um, so I was first diagnosed with MS my junior year of high school. Um, I would, what actually started the journey was I had a recent eye doctor's appointment, um, during that time. And, and then after that, I just started noticing some things that felt really off, um, mainly being able to go up the stairs. Um, I thought I was having asthma, um, because my, most of my family does have asthma on my mom's side. And so we went to see a primary care physician about that. And, um, he had stated like, no, you don't, um, we can do more rounds of tests. And then the next week after my eye doctor's appointment, I went blind in my right eye. And, um, I was caught off guard because he did give me, I kept telling him, that my eyes were itchy. I don't know what what's going on. And he said, just put eye drops. And now I'm just blind in my right eye. And so, so scary. Yes, it was very scary. Um, I was actually in lectures um, during that time, because I was going to early college program. And so um, I was freaking out. I told my mom right away, she said, well, wait a day. And then we went to go see my, um, my eye doctor again. He did about 10 rounds of tests exams um and then he stated like you you've done all my tests and every time i try to trick you it's not working so um i believe you have optic neuritis and um after that he told me that where he was gonna refer me to a neurologist they would do a, a mri and then after the mri will decide where to go from there. And so the results came back when I went through my neurologist um, here in Dallas. And um, he said, we can't diagnose you with MS yet, um, unless we're certain after we do a spinal tap. So after the spinal tap, it confirmed that I did have multiple sclerosis. And I was diagnosed two days after um, my birthday. And um, the same day of prom. So I was at prom and it was, it was just a lot. <laughs> that what week. was going through your mind then? I mean, even just the, the terms you're using, optic neuritis and mm -hmm. spinal tap, did you know what any of these things were? When I, I actually had no clue what optic neuritis was. Um, I knew that when we got home from my doctor's appointment with my eye doctor, um, my mom was very fearful thinking it was cancer um, in, in the brain. And so that was her first onset of uh, fear, I guess, in a sense. And so 
um, my, on my mom's side, cancer is prevalent as well. So that was another, um, another thing that she was being more cautious of. And so once we kind of went through what optic neuritis could be, um, my eye physician said that MRI will dictate whether or not it is a tumor or whether or not it's just um, a lesion or something of that nature, but we won't know until after the MRI, until after you go see your neurologist. And so after that, uh, what was going through my mind was very much um, not fear, I would say just confusion because I was in my junior year of high school, I had prom coming up, all of my regular activities of a normal teenager were kind of being halted. Um, I still had school, which uh, for many who don't know what an early college program is, it is very stressful. So not only are you taking high school courses, but you're also taking college level courses. Um, and so I had all those things to worry about um, on top of my diagnosis. Yeah, and all of this was in your junior year. Yes, my junior year of high school. Wow. So lots went, a lot, I'm sure, went through your mind. Um, did you share the, the news with anybody, like outside your family, friends? Mm -hmm. I actually was very closed off to sharing it with anybody. Um, a, a lot of things had changed. Like I was wearing a backpack and now um, due to the spinal tap, which I got done the Friday, got two days on bed rest. Well, actually one day, but kind of two days. And then the Monday uh, that I started, I started carrying a rolling backpack everywhere. And for a teenager, you kind of don't really normally usually see that because everybody's wearing their backpacks and everything going across campus. And so a lot of people started asking me as to why I'm, I'm using this, a new backpack and, and just different things like that. And um, I think as teenagers, you don't understand the, I guess you're still kind of young. You're still going through your own emotions and, and things with high school. So you don't really understand what's going on as well within yourself. So during that time, I never shared or disclosed anything really with anybody, um, maybe one person. And I just, at that point, I just didn't feel comfortable because of just the onset of peer pressure and things of that nature. Um, only my immediate family knew. And it wasn't until I want to say I graduated high school or my first year after college did I tell my family members and some friends of mine that I had MS. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a difficult decision for even adults who are diagnosed, whether they want to tell or share the information with family or friends. So um, given everything that you were going through and especially at that age, I can imagine why it must've felt um, like maybe it wasn't the right time for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm curious about if there's something that you wish um, someone would have told you when you were initially diagnosed. Um, I think, I think there was a lot of things. Just the journey that you would have to go through um, by yourself in some form or fashion, because my family has never didn't know what it was. Um, or that another thing would probably be that there'll be good days and bad days. And also, um, I would say the prevalence of what I thought MS was, was that many of people who have MS are either 
um, in a wheelchair, use a walker, those things that are pretty stereotypical, what people would assume someone would have MS would, would use or utilize. Um, and I think that was one of the things that I was most fearful of that I would not be able to do certain things, um, the things that I wanted to do. And some of it is true, but some of it is actually not true. When I first got diagnosed, um, I was at Children's. And so after Children's, um, I would just see many people in the neurology department who were in wheelchairs. And so my assumption was this is what my life is going to be until actually discussing with my neurologists and peer support groups that everybody who has MS, it's different for everybody. So not you won't necessarily be in a wheelchair, but you'll have other limitations or accommodations that you might need. Yeah, exactly. I think that's so important for people to know and just um, learn about how differently MS can impact different people. Before I forget, did you end up making it to your prom? Yes, I did. I, I actually <laughs> went to prom that day, but there was a lot of things I was kind of upset about with prom, um, mainly being that... I couldn't feel my legs um, for that point of time. And then I would also, nowadays, I don't wear a lot of high heels. Like I used to wear a lot of high heels. And now with MS, it's been more so much of a limitation on that just because being able to walk um, and having my balance. And I think that's more of a priority now is like making sure that you feel comfortable in what you're wearing and and um, your ability to feel confidence within yourself. I'm glad you ended up making it. Did you have a good time? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, okay, so you mentioned that you started um, an early college admission program. So I'm not really entirely familiar with what that looks like, but it sounds like you complete some college courses and then transition into your full-time university. So what challenges um, did you experience as a result of living with MS? Um, majority of it was professors not understanding by accommodations um, and having to reschedule exams and um, more so accommodations on test examinations. I think that was the struggle and having to talk to them. So with them, um, I did have trouble like being able to get a day off because I either had doctor's appointments and things of that nature, um, spending more time off due to uh, reactions of the medication that I was taking during that time. And also, I would say um, more lenience on assignments because the majority of professors are like, this is the day I give it to you. I want it done by this time because I do so many other students as well. Um, so I did have a lot of trouble with them, especially because for a lot of people who have MS, there is a, for people who don't, they have a stereotypical image of what it looks like. And for me, I do look able-bodied when I do go to my class or like my job, people assume things or even when I'm with friends, um, they sometimes forget. So it's kind of an adjustment. I think that was the hardest part was being able to, you know, discuss with my professor, my accommodations and things of that nature. Were, were there any moments where you felt when, when it was so challenging to get these 
very reasonable needed accommodations done were there any moments where you felt like well you know I may just like I may have to just push through and pretend like I'm like everybody else. Yes, there's a couple. I think one of them I actually did have, I fell asleep in class due to one of the medications I was taking. The um, the injection or the medication actually caused flu-like symptoms. Um, and so I, in my during that time, my liver enzymes were going high. We were doing blood work pretty frequently on that. And I would just not off in class. And so I actually got kicked out <laughs> of my professor's class because she thought I purposely meant to sleep in her class and I wasn't giving her attention. And even after discussing with her, like these, this is the medication, these are the side effects, um, she still wouldn't have it. And so it's, it's definitely a challenge sometimes to be able to discuss with my professors that you know, on that able body part, this is what it looks like for, uh, for you, but this is what it feels like for me. Um, And so it just depends on the person. Usually um, professors are pretty accommodating. And some people who have never had a student like that before um, don't understand, but I think it just takes the conversation. I'm sure it can add on to the stress that you already are experiencing in school. So one thing that I wanted to ask about, especially in our current global situation with the pandemic, um, is how do you cope with any feelings of isolation that you may experience as a young adult living with MS? And we can talk about it in terms of with pandemic and maybe with before the pandemic. So I think it's just the understanding um, of people who can understand you or can not understand necessarily, but empathize. So um, a lot of my friends are, do not have a disability. Um, So that isolation is a different one in itself. Um, Before the pandemic, the retreat I went to, the conference with Can Do MS, which was held in Tennessee last year, was actually the first time I felt comfortable with other people my age because usually the isolation in and in itself is people who have MS are usually a lot older, which is true here in Dallas. Um, there's very few people that are my age who have it. Um, so that conversation or things that I might be struggling with at my age is gonna be different for somebody who's 30 or 40 or 50. Um, and then to, I wanna say after, well, currently with this pandemic, it was being in isolation because I am a social person. I like to be with friends, um, not all the time, but MS really does put, put in perspective, I think for me, self-care. So in some sense, there's points of isolation where I can get lonely, but there are also points in which I've learned during college that MS kind of was the best thing for me in the sense that I was doing everything for everybody. I was running errands for everybody. Um, And then once it hit, it was a form of self-care for me to actually say, let's take a day for yourself today or like, let's watch a movie because you normally don't do that. Um, Just small things, just small things. They end up adding up big time. They really do. 
So speaking of that, speaking of self-care and ways that you're coping with the current times, what are some other things that help you? So for me personally, it's my faith. Um, I have an amazing family and amazing people in my life. So my faith is definitely something that grounds me, especially in this pandemic and this sense of uncertainty. I think that a lot of it is just also cutting out social media um, because we already get news every day. And just to add on to that only retracts from your being able to be at peace within yourself sometimes. And so that's another thing. And trying to maintain um, spending time with your friends, family members, if you can, and also making sure that you spend at least one day out of the week for yourself. Um, and, and whether that be working out for yourself or whether that be cooking your favorite meal, just different things like that. And I've actually, during this time in the pandemic, I actually uh, made a garden. Um, and it's something I've done for the first time with my grandfather. So it was great bonding time with him, but also learning what it takes to be a gardener. And I actually found a new hobby that I think I, I'm gonna enjoy for a while. That's really cool. What kind of things are you growing? So I grew squash, I grew little tomatoes, um, I grew some carrots and some chili peppers. So we'll see what grows this winter. I don't think anything will grow now, um, but we'll probably try for spring. So what is one piece of advice that you could offer um, our young adult listeners or perhaps any child who has been recently diagnosed with MS? Mm -hmm. I will say, uh, first of all, it is not your identity. Um, make sure you also have a great support system for you um, along the way. But I will also note that it's okay to go to counseling. Um, one thing that I didn't do the first year or two, I would say two years, was I was struggling with my mental health a lot with with college. And for those that don't know what it's like to not have that outlet to go to, you not only do you struggle with your disability, but there are also things that you have to go through on your journey as an adult. Um, and so just adding on to that is like two in one. And when I started going to counseling, it really helped me um, just go through some of the challenges that I was going through, talk through them, problem solve. And um, have that outlet because for me personally growing up in the Latinx community it's very difficult to have um, those parents who are willing to discuss that with you because it's not really talked about um, but actually going on campus and, and having a counselor on campus really assisted me so for any of the young adult listeners who are listening or for those who who are just recently diagnosed, make sure you have a peer support partner, whether that be a friend or a family member, but also it's okay to go to counseling. It's okay to, to have that outlet to go through with whatever you're going through and just have that person to talk to if you don't feel comfortable talking to somebody else. Yeah, that is great advice, but I might be biased because I'm a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it makes me so happy to hear that counseling has been so helpful for you. Um, and I know that it can be helpful for so many other people. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, colleges and universities are great places to start. Lots of them already have like their counseling center 
right on campus so it makes it really easy and I think now with everything going virtual um, mm -hmm. we have a lot more access to to therapy than we ever did so well Serena it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and thank you so much for sharing um, a snapshot of your life and for all the wonderful advice you had to gift our, our listeners. Thank you to Zarina and Samantha for sharing their thoughts about being diagnosed with MS as a young adult. Thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode. And of course, we'd also like to thank our 2020 online program sponsors for making this podcast possible. Thank you to Bristol Myers Squibb, Biogen, EMD Serono, Sanofi Genzyme, Genentech, Novartis, and Mallinckrodt Pharmaceuticals. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes. We also now offer transcripts of all of our podcasts if you'd like to have a print version of this audio podcast to read along with. You can access these on our website, cando-ms.org. Again, thanks for tuning in and have a wonderful day.